from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Shaw. Mental health, especially since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, has become a more common subject of public discussion. Advances in neuroscience, too, have given us more information about what's happening in and with the brain when people experience depression, anxiety, dementia, and other mental health conditions. Nevertheless, stigma around those and other diagnoses persists. So there's much more conversation to be had about the ways we can understand and appreciate human neurodiversity. To promote that awareness and dialogue, enter NeuroBlooms. It's a community art exhibition on Cherokee Street in South St. Louis that makes neurodiversity literally visible. Here to talk with us about how NeuroBlooms does that are Con Christensen, Con, uh, co-founder and managing artist for the Community Collaborative of Red Chair Studios on Cherokee Street. Welcome. Thank you. And Bonita Bo Owen, artist, school bus driver, and art therapy graduate student at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Con, what are neuroblooms and what do they look like? So the neuroblooms that you will see in the windows on Cherokee Street are giant stickers. And they are uh, images of uh, actual PET scans that are um, representative of um, different mental health conditions um, that range from depression and anxiety to schizophrenia. And the latest one that you won't find on Cherokee, but you can find it on Leslie's website, our, our artist that we work with, and that's is Leslie about Holt. mindfulness. About mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. And as, just as a reminder here that the PET scan, a brain positron emission, motion, emission tomography, is an imaging test that allows doctors and researchers to see how brain is functioning, and that scan captures images of the activity that's going on in the brain after radioactive tracers have been absorbed in the bloodstream. You mentioned Leslie Holt, um, who is the artist who does this. Yes. And she was someone who was based in St. Louis and now lives elsewhere, correct? Yes. She lives in the D.C. area, and she and I are colleagues from when she lived here. Uh, we realized that we have a similar aesthetic, and we uh, her work intersects with my work um, in a very meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the impetus for the NeuroBlooms project? The, uh, it, Leslie's experience with um, taking care of her parents, with her own mental health issues, realizing that um, art and science uh can intersect when you look at a PET scan and how colorful and interesting the pattern is and how each pe- each condition has a different pattern. And so it draws people in in a way that just uh, like, I don't know, a, you know, an electrocardiogram or something would not, just lines on a, on a graph. Um, and Leslie likes to say that it makes um, mental health conditions visible and beautiful. And they are quite yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Bo, 
How did you become familiar with NeuroBlooms and involved with the project? Well, at SIUE, um, we were taking our community arts class, and we were assigned to different community um, areas, and I got assigned to Khan's um, studio, and Leslie came visiting with her NeuroBlooms, and we installed the NeuroBlooms throughout Cherokee as part of, uh, part of our community service. And when you saw what that looked like, I mean, was there some way that um, what you were looking at resonated for you as, a, as an artist? Oh, yeah. Um, one thing, first of all, the colors. Um, I, I, she had a chart that showed the different colors and what they meant. Mm-hmm. And what are, what are uh, those? Well, the, there's a spectrum in the colors. Um, the darker the color, um, like down in the black, the blue, and the greens, is more of a um, low activity in the brain. And then when you get to the reds and yellows, yellow is like your, your high activity and stuff like that. So she had that chart there, and I was like, well, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I think one of the things that I saw is that for those who have dementia, there's a lot of black that you see. Yes, there was a lot of black in dementia, which was really, it, it kind of really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you have talked with other people about neuroblooms, how do they typically respond to what you're describing? They are really excited. Um, they they look at those neural blooms and they're like, "Wow, I never really realized that the brain had this kind of activity going on." It's really really cool to see the different patterns. Mm-hmm. Now, both you, Con and Bo, you have worked with Brandon, who preferred not to give his last name, and Stevie Ball. They got involved with NeuroBlooms through a Peter and Paul Community Services art class and helped install NeuroBloom decals in shop windows, which is part of what you've been describing as far as the exhibition component goes. They're currently homeless and each lives with various mental health conditions. Producer Emily Woodbury met up with them on Cherokee Street earlier this week. Stevie told her that he learned a lot about his own diagnoses through this project. I never really looked at my brain. I never really thought about my brain. I just knew it was up there and in there. But uh, uh, when I saw these pictures, it's like, woo, wow, this is what my brain is actually doing. And so uh, it just brought awareness to me. I've learned that we all are one kind, one kin, we all bleed red blood. We all uh, have the same tissue on the inside of our being. And uh, uh, we're all connected in one way or the other. And I just love it. You, we, we just connect. Brandon said that as he was installing the decals, he had conversations with community members and business owners about how relatable the NeuroBlooms project is and how mental health conditions affect so many of us, and yet there is still stigma. Well, the stigma, some people think you're crazy uh, because you're diagnosed with this. Um, But then you find out along the line they get diagnosed with this, and then, you know, they can be like, oh, okay, well, sorry for calling you crazy, (laughs) you know. Stevie said he hopes the Neuro Blooms exhibition fosters a greater sense of 
understanding, and empathy. Be aware of what you don't know, and uh, because everyone is effect is affected by this type of dilemma. Uh, it's in all of our family, you know, either our immediate family or on down the line. We all are affected by this, and we need to learn how to support or be a support to whomever is going through this type of dilemma. Con, Stevie and Brandon both spoke to stigma and connection, which has driven the project from the beginning. And NeuroBlooms is an effort that expressly and intentionally is community. What's one really concrete way that community has made NeuroBlooms more than an aesthetic exercise that happens to involve a lot of people? Well, just listening to Stevie and Brandon, um, the art group at Peter and Paul is meant to be a program support um, to help these folks who, regardless of their mental health conditions, their homeless homelessness is a stigmatizing condition as well. So it, this project has connected them to the community in a way that they would not have had had it not been for art and community. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the public art component of the project, um, putting the the neurobloms in the windows, uh, a QR code that that gives information and and um, gets people to stop and think and talk to each other, and um, it has it has been a revelation for me as a as a person who lives on a street where I have neighbors that I did not know. Uh, in a, in that way, until this uh, this project uh, brought some of them out to say yes, I want to participate in this, and here's why. And the stories that we've heard have been um, revealing, and um, I hope that it's going to continue to connect us. We're speaking with Con Christensen and Bonita Bo Owen about narrow blooms. Con. You were talking about how people are connecting through NeuroBlooms as a, a project and as an exhibition. Has NeuroBlooms brought, quote-unquote, unlikely parties together to talk very honestly about mental health conditions and the realities of living with them? I think so. I, if you sit in my studio and you watch people go by on the street, you see them stop and look, and then they look again, and then they scan the QR code. And one day I was in there, and there was a bus tour coming to the little bookstore next to me. And I saw them doing that, and I went out, I said, would you like more information? They said, no, look, this is me, this is my mom, this is my, can we take a picture? Is it okay if we, and it, it, it was gratifying to be there and to see it, but I know that even when I'm not there, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure it's happening up and down the street. Um, and, you know, being able to catch those stories may or may not be absolutely necessary, but we know that, that the stories are happening. Yeah. Bo, have you observed any of that too? Um, yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, we did a, um, a kind of a add-on to the project called um, the Neurobloom Bingo. And we did that um, during the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the print bazaar. And um, oh, we that handed was recently, out, right? Re- very yes. recently. Okay. And we handed out these cards for them to go up and down Cherokee Street and 
um, identify the neural blooms and get more information. And they were very excited about it. And many of them were saying, I wa- I'm, I'm wanting to find out more about this because my family member has this condition or that condition. And we actually asked them, you know, what was your reason for wanting to do the, the bingo? And they said, well, I, I either work in a profession where I'm working with people like this or I have a family member. And it, there was connection there in a lot of places. So there's great relatability. Mm-hmm. And uh, clearly you are not only incorporating technology um, but gamifying in a way that, that draws more curiosity. Do you have a neurobloom of your own, Bo? Oh, yes. Okay, tell me what that looks like. Um, well, actually, I've, I got a couple of them because mm-hmm. I have a couple of different mental conditions that I deal with. Um, I have a bipolar and I have PTSD. And um, the bipolar has a lot of... Um, has a lot of, it's got a lot of different activity in different areas, but then there's some calm areas in the brain where you can see the blues and the greens. But I was actually quite surprised to see how much yellow and, and red was going on in the mm-hmm. neural bloom. And what does the yellow and red indicate? High activity. High activity. Well, and I think it's worth noting, too, that a, a scan at one time may not necessarily reflect what a scan at another time may show. Mm-hmm. Where do you keep these these blooms? Well, I've got some stickers that I put on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Of course, that means that they're available all the time for people to see. Great. And you are a graduate student as yes, well I as am. an artist. Mm-hmm. What have you learned through your involvement with NeuroBlooms that speaks directly to those facets of what you do and what you want to do in the future? Well, Um, I'm studying to be an art therapist, and learning more about how the brain works is part of being an art therapist, because I'm going to be working in counseling with um, people of all different types of situations. And um, learning about how the brain acts kind of helps me understand, you know, why I have a client that might have some difficulties in one area and not in another and that they may have strengths in one area and not in another. And the the, the brain scans kind of show me that activity as to why that might happen. We mentioned earlier that you met Stevie Ball, both you, um, Bo and Khan, Mm -hmm. through an art class provided by Peter and Paul Community Services, which works with Cherokee Street residents without homes. I'd like to play one more soundbite from Stevie, who shared with us that he's grateful for the opportunity to reconnect with art and creation. I just like it. I'm just, I always have loved art, and I just thought I'd never get back into art. And then when Khan come along, I said, oh, there it is. I got to pick it back up. But anyway, I just love art, period. Art is so fun, and art is life, for real, for real. Art is life. <laughs> so clearly, Stevie derives joy from this project. So there's been a, a blooming of joy, so to speak, along with a growth in awareness about the way mental health diagnoses look in the brain and across human experience. So, Bo, you smiled as you heard Stevie. If you could assign a color to the part of your brain that lit up with Stevie's laughter, what would it be? I would say probably orange or red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you, Con? 
You know, working with people who are unhoused, homeless, in transition from homelessness or whatever, uh, I, uh, as an artist, my job is just to show up and to provide um, a place where people can just be and engage in a process that's creative. So I think the blues and the greens would be maybe what would show up for me um, if I'm actually being present and allowing the, you know, what we do to be something that we do together. So I'm doing it with people, not for them. Con Christensen, co-founder and managing artist for the Community Collaborative of Red Chair Studios on Cherokee Street, and Bonita Bo Owen, artist, school bus driver, and art therapy graduate student at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.